Welcome to St Ninian's Online. My name is Stuart. It's my privilege to be the minister at St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. Our church is busy and thriving, even though our building remains closed for the moment. You can find out all about what's happening on our website, st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk and on our Facebook page at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse. And you can catch up with our services there too and on YouTube. And there's a podcast on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play St Ninian's online. If you enjoy your time with us, then please don't forget to like, share and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Today, we're going to be thinking about another one of Jesus' parables. These strange stories that tell us something important about the kingdom of God. We read it in Matthew chapter 13 verses 24 to 30 and then 36 to 43. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plant came up and bore grain, Then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in the field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them in? But he replied, No. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of this kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. Matthew's gospel is full of anxiety. How will we ever know who is a true follower? What about all those fakes and counterfeits? Which teaching is true? What if I get it wrong? And if that's your context, then a story like this one is really helpful. What should we do? Should we pull up all the weeds? No, Jesus tells us, for in gathering up the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. But why doesn't God just sort it all out? Why doesn't God just do something about it? It's a good question. It's a question I've been asked loads of times and it's a question I've asked myself. Tom Wright points out the problem. If God steps in to sort something out, then God would have to sort everything out. And you have to ask yourself, you ready for that? 
I mean, really? Sure, God could stop a genocide. But if the judgment's going to happen now, then it would have to include everyone. Everyone who's ever done anything wrong would be included. That's the warning here. All the weeds are separated off and incinerated. There's no subsorting for a light charring or a medium well done. Weeds are weeds and they're all toast. The idea of judgment is one of the big themes in Matthew's Gospel. That can make it a difficult read. There are lots of stories like this one today about sorting and separating and the bits or things that are not good and things that are worthwhile. And the things that aren't good usually meet a pretty grim end. It's these stories that our vision of hell as a big fiery furnace comes from. And it's scary stuff. But there's a trick that we play on ourselves to avoid it. The weeds are always someone else. Those people over there. The ones who aren't like us. The ones who do things that we don't like. The ones who behave differently from us. The ones who believe different things from us. We take sides. You're either wheat or weeds. It's how the world works. You're either one thing or another. You're either in or you're out. You're either with us or you're against us. It's really easy to take sides, isn't it? And of course, we're always the wheat. Everyone else is the weeds. We use stories like this to justify that kind of thinking and those kinds of behaviours. The problem is that we don't read to the end of the story. Jesus tells us that the wheat are the people who follow him and that the weeds are people who follow evil. Great. What's the problem? I know which side I'm on. Let's get those weeds. Let's get them pulled out. Except, I do stuff that's wrong. I mess up, get angry, tell lies. And if that's it, then we're all in big trouble because none of us is perfect. I wonder if that's what Jesus is trying to tell us when he warns against tearing up the weeds. There's a problem with every story. They all fall short because they're an attempt to describe something and they're not the thing. This is a story that helps us to understand something of the kingdom of God. But it's not all there is to say about the kingdom of God. It's not everything we need to know about it. We'll hear another four of these stories next week, two of which actually come between this story and Jesus' explanation. I don't want to blow Gillian's sermon next week, but there's something really important about which one of the three stories in between these two parts that Jesus' disciples ask him to explain. They don't ask about the mustard seed, and they don't ask about yeast. Why? Well, because there's no decision to be made in those stories. These aren't stories about us, they're stories about the kingdom of God. This one, this story about wheat and weeds, is about us and our deeply rooted desire to judge and separate. What do you mean it's not our job to sort things out? What do you mean it's not our job to decide? What do you mean it's not our job to punish? No, says Jesus. That's God's job, and it will happen in God's good time. When we judge people, we put ourselves in God's position, and we should know better. 
just as the disciples should have known better. Their own scriptures, our Old Testament, is full of warnings. Isaiah in chapter 44, for example, has a brilliant image of, of God as a king, but also as a redeemer. And that's a, a strange word that we use in church sometimes. It means a relative who fulfills a family obligation to someone in need. That's God. God is in relationship with his people. He will come when things have gone wrong and help them. But then in that same passage in Isaiah, God reminds the people who at this point are stuck in exile in Babylon, who's like me? I, God, am the first and the last and everything in between. There's no God like me. If there is, let them show themselves. No, didn't think so. Sit down and shut up. Jesus is pretty clear. The judging is God's job. And it'll happen at the end of the age. Great. So I'll try harder not to judge. Not to judge all those people that I think are the weeds. I'll try not to worry too much about the damage that they could do to me and to my wheat friends. There's a problem with this story. And it's highlighted by our desire to separate and categorise and judge. Wheat is always wheat. And weeds are always weeds. They can't change. They can't become something that they're not. And that allows us to justify our behaviour. So the warning is that ripping up the weeds could damage the wheat. I suppose in today's terms, we might call that collateral damage or a friendly fire incident. Trying to sort it out would do more harm than good. But that's not the whole story, is it? If the weeds can't change, then we're all in big trouble. If there was no chance of change, then there's no point of any of it. Jesus teaches his followers to pray for their own forgiveness as well as help to forgive others. That's about change. That's about transformation. That's about new life. In fact, the whole story is about those things. In the context of this parable, that's about weeds becoming wheat. Of course, it's also possible in the bigger context for the wheat to become weeds. And that's part of Jesus' warning. People need to grow and change and bear fruit and to mess up and to work it out and to try again. And God knows this. God is patient with us, thankfully. The message at the heart of this story is, I think, that our patience needs to be like God's patience. This isn't a story about doing nothing. And it's not a story that removes the consequences. God's judgment in Matthew's gospel is real. And it's about helping us to choose better, to live better, to be better. A part of that self-improvement is to stop being so willing to write people off, to see them as different or wrong or worthless, to consign them to the big bad fire for all eternity. This is a story about God's willingness to wait, to wait for us. And that's good news for all of us. Living God, we give thanks for all of the good things that we see grow in the course of our lives, sometimes in the most unpromising of soil, for difficult times which have helped us to understand the difficulties that other people face, for painful losses 
which have helped us to value people and things that do not last forever. For hard questions have led us more deeply into the mystery of faith. We give thanks for farmers and fishing crews, for all who grow food and catch it, who prepare it and transport it to market and sell it, so that we can enjoy an abundance that we take too easily for granted. We pray for those whose livelihoods are at risk and whose children this week may not be fed. May we emerge from this time of hardship with a new appreciation of all that we have and a new determination to make this world a fairer place for all. We give thanks for those who sow the seeds of faith and hope and imagination when those gifts are so often in short supply. May their work bear a rich harvest. Gladly, we think of those who cheer us by singing in the darkness those who draw us gently into their laughter and help us to smile at ourselves, those who pray for us even when we have forgotten how to pray for ourselves. Gracious God, we pray for your church, the church of Jesus Christ, charged with representing him in this world and tending the fragile seeds of his kingdom. Help us not to be distracted by the weeds, but to focus on the fresh green shoots of new life, May we not choke that life with the tangled thorns of our rules and regulations and our clever future plans. Keep us faithful in our planting, in our watering and in our waiting for the rich harvest that is your glory and your gift. Hear us, Lord, as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hey.